Hi everyone, I'm your host, Bella Page, and after suffering from post-concussion syndrome for years, it was time to do something about it. So welcome to the Post-Concussion Podcast, where we dig deep into life when it doesn't go back to normal. Be sure to share the podcast and join our support network, Concussion Connect. Let's make this invisible injury become visible. The Post-Concussion Podcast is strictly an information podcast about concussions and post-concussion syndrome. It does not provide nor substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or another qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you've heard on this podcast. The opinions expressed in this podcast are simply intended to spark discussion about concussions and post-concussion syndrome. Welcome to episode number 129 of the Post-Concussion Podcast with myself, Belle Page, and today's guest, Isabel Dwyer. Isabel is currently Miss Lilac State's teen and is running for Miss New Hampshire's teen in February of 2024. Isabel's community service initiative is When in Doubt, Sit Them Out awareness of athletic concussions, and she is here to share her concussion story and why awareness is so essential for youth athletes. Welcome, Isabel. Hi, thank you for having me. So to start, do you want to tell us a little bit about your concussions that you've had? Yes. So I've had two so far, and they've both been related to athletics. So my first one happened in gym class and when I was in sixth grade and somebody threw the ball like they were shooting towards the basket and it ended up hitting my head so that I it was pretty much a mild concussion. So it occurred for a couple weeks. It wasn't too bad. But then my second concussion was significantly much worse. It happened at cheer practice We were stunting, and I'm a back spot, so I'm the person in the back. And the flyer, who's, like, up top, she lost her balance, and she fell backwards. And her tailbone ended up hitting my forehead, and and the impact was so strong that I ended up falling backwards onto the mat. Ouch. Um, definitely uh, unique experiences for sure. Everybody's concussion, so many different stories. And so after your concussion, especially the second one, what type of symptoms did you deal with? I had like such bad symptoms. So I had a constant headache and the lights in my room or even like the fluorescent lights at school were so much. And the normal sounds of like the TV, like my dog barking and just my family talking were suddenly too much. I always wonder why they put those bright fluorescent lights in schools because I'm pretty sure no one, no one likes them. And then you have students with head injuries and any type of brain injury and they're way too much all the time in the hallways, in the classroom. Like you don't need that much light to read any piece of paper. (laughs) Yeah. No, they put it everywhere. And like even some people who just get like migraines, like it's a bother. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really unnecessary, honestly. Maybe one day uh, we'll steer away from that. And so (laughs) how was going to school? Obviously you had noise sensitivity and light sensitivity. And so how was that? Because you were in high school at the time. 
Yeah, so it was really difficult because some teachers didn't understand what it was like. So they would give me like a week's extension and they'd be confused like why I couldn't complete my work in a week's extension, even though I explained to them that I like just couldn't do it. And even with just like my classmates, they like, you don't understand because you when someone has like a concussion you can't see it so it's like invisible so most of my classmates or even my teammates just assumed that I was like faking it and I wasn't experiencing any of those symptoms yeah that, I had that problem too I had teachers that didn't get it I had some that did and then I had the opposite situation because for me it affected me for so long I was accused of like faking it or, you know, just needing excuses not to do work or not do exams and all these types of accusations I dealt with and trying to explain that even though I looked okay, like you said, that invisible aspect didn't mean that I could, you know, get work done on time. And it's not like it's always consistent. I would have a good day and maybe I would make it through school an entire day. But then the next three days, I'd be in bed. So really trying to get that across when you're a teenager and, you know, you're in school is really hard to even explain it to them. Yeah, especially since like having a concussion is not just like a linear like process. It's like up and down. Like you can have, I had my good days where I could sit through school, school and like do other things but then like the next day I'd be in bed and I just couldn't even deal with all the noise outside. Yeah it really is like that roller coaster of up and down symptoms or you know you kind of push through and then you're not okay and you pay for it later but the thing is is you know your teachers they don't see that part they don't see that you paying for it later and sometimes friends don't either and so how is that with friends? Did you explain it to friends? Did some of them get what was going on with you? Uh, What did you do about that? Yeah, the friends thing is so hard because in the beginning of my school year before I got my concussion, I had so many friends and my social life was really good. And then once I got my concussion, it's like they didn't like get it. So I lost like a bunch of friendships because of it because they just assumed that I was faking it or that I was just like acting weird all of a sudden because having a brain injury does kind of change your personality. Yeah, absolutely. It does change you. It can change you in a lot of ways. And I think at any age, like even older adults deal with it, teenagers your age, you know, people deal with after a concussion, sometimes you don't feel like the same person. And, you know, maybe that old you kind of mixes with the new you, but you're still not exactly the same. And so, you know, friendships, sometimes friends notice that and they don't understand what's going on with you or, you know, they think you're just weird now. Yeah. Uh, Things like that. And trying to explain to them what's going on when you don't even understand it yourself is really challenging because I think that was the hardest thing for me is I already didn't know what was going on. So I couldn't explain to others what was going on. Because before... I had my concussions and obviously concussions are definitely very common in like athletics and sports. Like I've heard of them and then your when your teammate like has a concussion, you don't really get it. So even before I had my concussion, like everyone is always just like, Does she really have one? Is she just faking it? Because 
that's just how it is, I feel like. Just like the culture around it because people aren't used to just what it's like. Mm -hmm. You have to have a concussion to like understand just like the impact of it. Yeah, that's very true. A lot of people don't understand and they really have a hard time understanding that you're not okay when you're not walking around school with crutches or, you know, a cast after surgery or you weren't out in the hospital for a week because of another illness. Like they don't always understand because it doesn't have that dramatic emphasis on it that you can see or that you can try to understand, oh, they were in the hospital for a week and they look really sick. People can kind of try to understand it that way. With a concussion, your brain is injured, which is very serious. But without that visible component to it, it really makes it really challenging for people to get it. Yeah, especially like I've seen like classmates in the nurse's office when I had my concussion last year and they've had it just for a long time. And then I've heard the rumors throughout the school like, oh, they're faking it and that it's not real and it's happened for it's been for months since they had it so obviously they're faking it right now yeah which is crazy to me because I deal with survivors who are years out still dealing with symptoms but I also understand that if you've never been around it you don't believe like you know you hear two weeks you hear maybe a month but you don't realize that there is individuals that after one concussion sometimes after multiple concussions you know, things change and sometimes they change for a long time. And so I really want to get into kind of your experience of taking a break from a sport, cheerleading, you know, the importance of sharing concussion education with others that we've talked about before. But before that, we're going to take a quick break. Do you struggle with your eyes or your vision? And I'm not talking about 2020. You can now get help on Concussion Connect with our vision course. This course is now up and available so make sure you check it out and get help from light sensitivity computer sensitivity dry eyes and so much more all of this course can help you so make sure you check it out if you've been having trouble with your eyes all you have to do is go into concussion connect today and check out courses welcome back to the post-concussion podcast with myself bell page and today's guest isabel dwyer so We've been talking a little bit about Isabel's experience in, you know, school, taking a step back, dealing with symptoms, dealing with friendships that definitely can change. And what I want to talk about next is your experience with cheerleading. I know you took a break. So how did it feel to take a break from cheering? It was really hard because cheer is one of my passions. Thankfully, I can still cheer now and I'm currently cheering. But before I had to take like a couple of months break and it was really hard because my teammates didn't understand like why I was taking a break and especially since they accused me of faking it was because it was anything but the truth. I like visited my pediatrician every week to assess if I could go back to cheering and it was so it was just hard because the pressure of like my teammates and my coach pressuring me to get back to cheering so in time for like competition season it was just a struggle because those girls who I've like made like connections with just suddenly weren't there for me anymore because they didn't understand what it was like yeah I think you touched on a lot of important things that you know not believing in you same thing with the friendships and the pressure the pressure to get back is something that 
a lot of athletes feel. And I think versus individual and team sports, it can be really different. The type of pressure that you deal with when you add that team sport component into it, you know, you get all those pressures from not just your coaches and not just yourself, which can be an immense amount of pressure, but you know, your friends, the people that you spend all your time with that are like, why aren't you back? You know, we need you. We need to get ready. Yeah. What are you doing? Or, you know, in hockey, a lot of time missing out on games that are important on weekends and things like that. And it's like, what are you doing? Where are you? Or, you know, you try to participate and still sit around and watch and maybe sit on the bench or sit on the sidelines and sit on the mat and just participate that way. Then it can cause other issues where, you know, you deal with the the comments of, oh, aren't you fine? And things like that. Despite, you know, the fact that you're not, you're not okay. And it's important that teammates and other athletes are understanding that, but it's definitely something that needs a lot of work. I'd say, like you mentioned in the culture of sports specifically, that just because somebody doesn't look injured doesn't mean that they are okay to, you know, get back into it. Yeah. I know I sat in for one of my practice during practices when I had my concussion and it was just so hard. Like the atmosphere was just tough to be in because Mm -hmm. You have everyone, like the coaches, like screaming at the team, like the counts or like what we have to do. And that did not help with my like noise sensitivity. And then you had the fluorescent lights in the gym and like your teammates going up to you being like, when are you going to be back? And it's just a lot with like all the lights and just like the noise, especially. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really important point to talk about, you know, that your symptoms, it's already a lot just being there, let alone actually participating. For myself, I had a really hard time. I was okay, like going, uh, so I show jumped on road horses. So I was okay going to ride or go watch like training rides and stuff, but say horse shows where, you know, I lived and breathed for it. I had a really hard time mentally with it for a long time that when I went to these events, I really felt like I was missing out. Like I'd be happy for friends, love watching, love helping out. But when I'd leave, I'd feel like this kind of like missing out component that was really hard on me mentally, really hard to kind of get through. And you know, that feeling would go away. But those first few days, for me, it was really constant. And it was really hard to kind of get over that like missing out feeling of the, you know, watching others do something that you love so much. Yeah, especially that happened to me. Like it hit me hard because I would see my teammates like at competitions or even just like cheering at the football games. And I so desperately wanted to be right next to them cheering because it's something I love so much. And I definitely, I think during my concussion experienced a little bit of just depression because you're kind of isolated from everyone Mm -hmm. during it. Yeah, isolation is a huge component and you can be isolated in so many ways and from, you know, feeling alone, having people not understand, dealing with the comments. There's a lot of different components to it on how that isolation can grow and grow and grow. And then you add a brain that's injured that definitely has some chemical changes going on that makes you feel like you really are the only person on the planet going through that, which is why we have the podcast to try to help that feeling a little bit. And so You know, do you want to share a little bit about why you wanted to come on the podcast and why the importance of education about concussions is so important to you? Well, I wanted to come onto the podcast because this is just one topic that deeply like I connect with because I had such a hard time going through school because 
people just didn't understand. And for me, I couldn't find any like resources what how I was experienced, like what I was experiencing. And it was just very hard to find just like content of like what other people went through mm-hmm. with their concussion, especially since at school, I was dealing with the pressure to come back and cheer, the pressure of getting all my work in, and like the pressure with friends and especially with my teammates because I'd be in the hall like just trying to get to my next class and be so much and then I would have to deal with their comments like you're faking and stuff like that and I still don't really get it because why would I be faking something that it's so hard to fake yeah yeah (laughs) yeah it's really hard to fake because not even just like you could limp around and fake it. It's really hard to fake because there's so many different aspects to a concussion. And so I really loved what you said about not being able to find anything. And, you know, that really just reminds me that anyone who is listening to this, share it. Share it on social media. Share it with your friends. Share it with your medical professionals. Because sometimes you don't realize who needs it. A lot of the time we don't see it. You know that others don't see you suffering. So maybe others around you are suffering too. So by just sharing it on social media, or to friends and things like that, especially medical professionals who can share it outwards as well to their patients, it really helps get it out. Because I felt the same way that you did. Trying to find someone to understand or relate to was nearly impossible. And sometimes you come across the right thing, but it's really hard to find in general. And so taking the time to share can make a really big difference. And so thank you, everyone, that does that. And so is there anything else you would like to add before we end today's episode? Yeah, what you were saying about the sharing is so important, because before I couldn't find anything. But now since I'm doing like pageants, and you have to have a community service initiative, and mine is when in doubt, sit them out awareness of athletic concussions, I'm finding all these like content, like content about concussions that I wish I had and now I'm using like my title as Miss Lilac States Teen just to bring awareness of surrounding concussions and changing the culture around it and having people understand what it's like to have a concussion. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank you so much for joining. You know, you shared a lot of things that are definitely a vulnerable thing to share, and it definitely makes a huge difference for others who can relate to you. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Need more than just this podcast? Be sure to check out our website, postconcussioninc.com, to see how we can help you in your post-concussion life. I believe life can get better because I've lived through it. Make sure you take it one day at a time.